Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring Kane Gang. I'm hurt, dog. Don't ask me if I'm all right. Hell no. Joaquin said dominate, and we not doing it. I put my heart in this dog. Let's go, man. Let's go. Kane Gang, Kane Gang, Kane Gang. You're listening to Kane Gang, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? That's Kane Gang. Kane Gang, 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 Kane Gang. You feel me? Orange and green, that's Kane Gang. That's Kane Gang. You ready to storm 18? Good morning, everybody out there in Radio World. Welcome to our 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock edition of the Kang Gang Show. As you can tell right now, I am super stoked. You guys already know my name. It's your boy, Co. Got the co-host on the other end, J-Man. J-Man, it is FSU week. It is rivalry week. I am Jack. I am stoked. But go ahead and say something real quick before I keep going. (laughs) Dude, I... All right, forget it. You can't say anything. Listen, <laughs> this is the time of year for me, and it's a little earlier than it usually is for this game, but make no qualms about this. Like, this is Miami. This is FSU. I don't care what the records are. You throw them out the door. This is, like, friends with friends growing up. This is in-state robbery. This is – it gets no bigger than this. I mean, you got Ohio State, Michigan. you got Penn State. you got different eras, but – this is Miami, Florida State. And when these teams are on the up and up, there's no other rivalry like Florida State, Miami. Um, but to talk about this rivalry, we have to get somebody who has been in this rivalry, who has lived through this, who has, like, got dirty with this. So, Jordan, for no further ado, I want to welcome on this show, the Kang Gang Show, number six, Santana Moss, what it do, what it do? What's good, fellas? How y'all doing? Listen, doing you can man. hear it in my voice. Like, I am jacked up. Yeah. We are literally about 30-something hours away from kickoff. Um, I'm stoked. I'm jacked. Yeah. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to wipe the floor with these clowns and just keep yeah, it moving. I, I'm just looking at these stat lines over here, uh, Santana. Just, I'm, I'm hoping that we got some guys that show out the way you did against Florida State because, uh, dude, I – the the games that you had against them, man, that that's incredible. Three years in a row, you know, the the ninety four yards and then one eighty, then one fifteen. That dude, we need we need that kind of attitude on our team this year. I hope we got I hope we got guys like that. Yeah, I'm hoping like y'all, man. I mean, honestly, I think uh, when you look at this week, this particular week, I had no clue, you know, of um, how to not perform. I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't even, I never questioned myself leading into this game, you know what I mean, of what should I do or what I shouldn't do. I always looked at this game as basically a tone setter for who you want to become, you know, right. as a head game. And that, that's how I really took it. I, 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 I remember my first game um, playing against the Florida State uh, Seminoles, and I remember I dropped the first – pass of the game to myself and it would if you look back into it if you really pay attention you'll know if you're especially someone who knows football it never touched my hands it hit my hit off my face mask but that was considered a drop and even though finishing the game having a touchdown and having 90 something yards I felt like crap and (laughs) 
everywhere I went, no matter how I played that year, I played spectacular that season. That was my first real season as a starter. Right. But everywhere I went, people remember me as, oh, you the guy that dropped that ball against Florida State. So not knowing that I not saying that I needed that to 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 remind me that what I should should have done or or how you have to play on that level. I just used that as one of my motivations. You know what I mean? That was something that I kept in back of my head, said that every time I face these guys, I'm going to give them the business. So I hope we got some guys out there that regardless of having a, a experience of playing these guys, they have on their mind that they got to go out there and show up big. Well, you know, the thing about that too is, you know, even with yourself going to Carroll City, like these are a lot of neighborhood kids who play against each other. You know, again, you know, different paths, take people in different directions. Some go to state, some go to Florida, some go to Central Florida, some go out of the state. You know, a lot of cats come to Miami. And it's like, yeah, everybody's cool through 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. Once you put on them different colors, you know, you you wearing that orange and green, man, yeah. you don't care about that garden and gold. You don't care about that orange and blue. It's about yeah. that orange and green down here. Yeah, definitely. I grew up a fan of all schools, you know, in Florida. Like, I wanted to go to Florida, Florida State, Miami, whoever. You know, I knew my journey was going to be a little different than others. But uh, just to be able to stay home and go to Miami right. and to play against the schools in the state of Florida that I once rooted for, it was like, yeah, you, you said you hit it dead on, you know, dead on the head. Like, who cares about them now? You know, I'm a king. And it was bragging rights. It was bragging rights because you got a lot of childhood friends that went to school with you. I remember when – we faced those guys my senior year. We had, I think, Kara City had five at Miami and six at Florida State. That's how deep our, our school was in both schools. So, you know, my high school had, it was either four or five players, but nine total, nine or 10 guys total on, on the field playing against each other from the same high school. So it was definitely bragging rights. Uh, beyond the bragging rights side of it, though, it was a, uh, um, it was to me one of those things where you really promote yourself or give yourself that that nod to the league, to the entire right. collegiate league that you can play in the next level if you show up big against these guys. Yeah, because so, you know what the NFL, the NFL always looked at that game. You know, yeah. them scouts, them them people came down and they knew the talent that was going to be on that field. Jordan, I'm sorry, go ahead. What, you had a question? It's all good, man. So so Santana, you played at, at Miami from '97 to 2000 um and and you went one and three against the Seminoles you lost the first three and then then your last year we got a win finally um would you spend a little bit of time just telling us about that rivalry and especially your experience I mean how how you felt about them as uh you know the rival team and just you know going through that first three years and then then getting that win in in your last season I mean, yeah, Florida State was tough. I mean, we was t we was trying to build ourselves back to be the team uh, that can 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 can. I mean, I'm getting all tight tongue. That can contend for championships again. Florida State had done had a championship. They had one of the baddest brothers to me, I believe, that touched touched the football and Peter Ward. Peter Ward. <laughs> I have to see that guy um, three four years. You know, what I mean. Oh uh, man, I mean, I was just like, man, this is this is going to be, you know, uh, tough sledding going against that guy. And he was on the offensive side, so I can just imagine what our defense went through trying to stop him, you know, three out of those four uh, four years. But my senior year, man, we had a pretty good team. We had ourselves <laughs> back into contentions to be one of those championship caliber teams, and we wanted them. We wanted them bad. And I remember leading up into that game. Um, I believe Andre Johnson was my roommate 
And I was telling him, I said, don't be surprised, man. We up 17 zip. And Dre looked at me like, what you mean? I say, I just had that feeling. <laughs> and I believe, I swear on everything I love, uh, at halftime, we went in 17 zip or something like that. So Dre was looking at me like, bro, what you, what's going on in your head? But that's how I was bringing it to Dre every weekend because I just had so much confidence in what we built as a team. You know, we had done so much in four years, those four years that I was there of getting to that moment to where we can finally say we have a championship caliber team. And without a doubt, I believe that, um, you know, we was going to be that, you know, by time, you know, I had hung my cleats up as a collegiate player, but, you know, things happened later on that year that, you know, uh, didn't give us that chance. But um, we just felt like it was our time to take over, you know, that series. And I was happy to get it done my senior year. So let me let me touch on that real quick because you brought up a good point. So that 97 class, right, you, you know, your, your senior class graduated in 2000. There's a lot of talk about the 2001 University of Miami being the greatest college football team ever assembled. I would debate that and say – the 2000 class, it probably would top that. And a lot of people don't understand why I say that. I look at the caliber of people. Now, you talked about going up to uh, Florida State 17 nothing at halftime. Look what happened there. Look at the, the playmaking ability of Ed Reed knocking down passes, you know, when they were going in for touchdowns. Look at Dan Morgan intercepting the ball at the goal line and almost housed it, you know. Um, there was a the type of players that people don't realize that, you know, like to me, Dan Morgan is probably the best player to ever come out of the University of Miami. People want to argue about that. But when you look at what he accomplished on the defensive side of the ball, winning all three awards single-handedly, like, and so you guys had, you had to play against them. Reggie Wayne had to play against these guys. Like, it was different. That defense was solid, especially that backfield. Al Blades, Ed Reed, Jay Lou, Dan Morgan, Nate Webster. You know, you can go on. Mike Rump. Like, there were so many cats on that defensive side of the ball who then transitioned to the 2001 class, you know? So I would say 2000 class is probably up there pretty, pretty close, if not better than an 01 class. What's your take on that? Yeah, I understand it. I mean, you got to understand it like this. These guys are only ranking championship classes. So Correct. we didn't win a championship, so we didn't get a chance to, but it's not our fault that we didn't win a championship. The, uh, quite frankly, we went and played in the Sugar Bowl, and it was told to us just because the BCS – polls or whatever it was, uh, they didn't allow us to go to play in the championship game. But if we take care of business against Florida, Florida State take care of business against Oklahoma, then we are co-champs. And we're going to outright win and be the 100%. favorite champions because we dominated them. So uh, it, it's crazy to have to have to go about it that way when we supposedly had just had our fair shot of winning the championship or playing in the championship game. But things happen and who cares, you know, now, you know, it's 2020 and we looking back on it, but without a question, you know, me and, me and Clint Porter's talked about this a couple of years ago or probably a year ago, just when we was talking about, yeah, the 2001 class was potent, but 2000 basically built all that other stuff, you know, we 100% that should have been on the top. And if you think about it, man, we won three championships in a row prior to those years. If we get a chance to go to the championship in 2000, you see your Kings again, 2000, 2001, and 2002, you know what I mean, going back to the championship game and winning. They only won one out of those three years, but yeah. it could have easily been three because they got robbed for one, you know, after that 2001 yeah. class. So, man, look, people are going to always debate and say what they want to say. Uh, it's easy for me to sit here and say, yeah, the 2000 class is better. 
Um, but we really can't argue it because we didn't really win a championship, but they know the guys who won the championship in 2001 know that the 2000 class was definitely the class that started it all. And, and if we got a chance, you know, I remember, I remember the Stoops brothers when I met one of them, um, he said, leading up to the championship week, when they was trying to decide it was going to, who it was going to be, you know, when they heard it was Florida state that they was playing against, they was like, yes, because he said, <laughs> I believe it was Mark Stoops, he said, I didn't want to see you and Reggie Wayne. We didn't have a corner in sight to stick you and Reggie Wayne. And he like, they knew that they had a chance playing Florida State and not playing us. You know, let, let me ask you a question too, Six. Um, what, did it, what did it feel like to be out there in Green Tree? Like, we talk, you know, we, we talked to some other players. Like, there was nothing like, and from the stories that we hear, there was nothing like getting out there and practicing on Green Tree. It was amazing, man. That, now that I think back about it, look, that, those four years of college, and I was a man on a mission, man, honestly, man. The way I got in there, I, I had nothing. Like, I really sacrificed so much at that time to just, like, escape. I used college as an escape for me to really see myself live the life that I wanted to live, you know, see my goal really come true and my dreams come true. And I honest to God tell you the truth that, it was like Groundhog Day for me when I was on Green Tree. You know, it was like, this is what's going to allow me to have that happy ending. That happy ending is going to come here. And like every day, man, it was like a war. We really went out there to battle. And before you know it, you start as a freshman. And then you see yourself as a, a, a freshman that's playing. And you see yourself in your sophomore year. And now you are one of those, those lead guys. And then you see yourself as a junior. And before you know it, you're a senior. And you did this thing every day every year and you repeated it, repeated it, got better and got better. And before you know it, you was top dog and leaving up out of that thing and, and being one of, considered one of the best to ever come in there at your position. So um, I love those memories of just, you know, everything that I experienced on Green Tree from the, from the scrimmages from day one, going against Al Blaze, Ed Reed, from the fights that we had that broke out on the field against the defense offense, from the uh, uh, defensive backs and the wide receivers being friends um, in classrooms, but when we step on that field, we're not friends. Uh, rooming with Reggie and Ed Reed as sweet mates, <laughs> and, and me and Devin Brown, you know, being roommates. And I'm not talking to Devin because he plays safety. Reggie not talking to Reed because he plays safety. Me and Reggie walking into the, you know, through the bathroom, going to each other, uh, 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 to each other room, saying, "Hey, let's bounce and leave these guys." I mean, like the things that we did to really psych ourselves out to really dominate and be great. Uh, it's not a wonder in my mind that we wasn't going to be who we are today because we, like I said before, we sacrificed and we went out there and laid it all on the line and those memories will uh, be never forgotten. Well, since we're in, in Florida State Week, um, I, I always love hearing, you know, stories like what you just told about Green Tree and stuff like that. Uh, would you tell us how it was different Florida State Week? Um, you know, what, what was it like on Green Tree? How did you guys prepare um, especially mentally, you know, what, what was the preparation that you took into that game knowing that it was the most important game of the season? Well, one, it was going to be loud. Practice was going to be loud because we were going to have that chant plan. We had the chant plan in our, in our locker rooms, in the hallways, going to the classrooms, uh, to the meeting rooms, rather, uh, in, the, in the tape room where we was getting our treatment at. That Florida State chant was every time you opened the door up over there in Green Tree, Oh, it, it became second nature to those guys who wasn't familiar to it. But you got to understand, I'm come from, you know, I'm from Carroll City. So that was my chant in high school. So 
when folks going to realize that was just like, you know, <laughs> that was my song, you know, that was my jam. But um, honestly, Florida State week, man, it was just one of those weeks. Everything was going to be intense. You know, I remember CJ, our receiver coach, telling the DBs, I want you to mug Tanner and Reggie. I don't care if they try to fight you because he knew we was going to fight. And he's like, I want you to mug. I don't care if you have to pull them out of the face mask, pull them by the jersey, mug them. <laughs> Aggravate them the entire week of practice because this is how it's going to be done, the line of scrimmage against Florida State. These guys are going to press you. These guys are going to jam you. They're going to talk about your mama. So get ready for it. And to be honest with you, we went out there and we got beat up so much. And I'm not saying we actually got beat up, but we went to war so hard at practice on Green Tree and preparing for these guys. So when we got out there, we actually brought the fight to them most of the time. You know what I mean? I remember talking to Tay Cody and talking to Cook and talking to, you know, uh, one five we call Mario Edwards. I remember those yeah. guys looking at us and we like, yeah, come on, bring it. Cause we was, <laughs> we was so ready. You know what I mean? Like we was ready for the challenge and we was young bucks, man. We was trying to prove a point that we can play at this level and be great at this level. And, you know, I just remember, man, Florida State week to me reminded me like any other rivalry week, you know, and at Carroll City, it was Northwestern, you know, and Miami it was always Florida State, but it was also, we had other games in our division, you know, uh, in our conference rather that we had to get up for. So, but it was nothing like Florida State week because Florida State was, was the really the team collegiate wise that was always one of those teams that you can measure yourself and your talent against. Well, you know, and, and that's great because I've been to a lot of Miami, Florida State games, and one of my favorite games, again, I'm going to say that 2000, that 2000 game, first of all, a lot of people don't realize, like, they, set, they sold out of water and liquids at halftime. Yeah. It was so hot out there. I mean, obviously, you guys are getting IVs and stuff, but, like, for us fans, we're drenched, we're soaked, we're out there just, like, dying for it. Um, but I want to get into, um, I want to get into something that, that I think is, is really prevalent, and that's going to be that last drive, that one minute and 31 second drive, you know, with that FSU game being down and Dorsey looked to you at that drive quite a bit. You know, I I don't know if it was more of like, he was just, he knew that you were capable and, you know, you were the leader and, you know, he looked to you for a reason. Um, tell, Tell me a little bit about that last drive. I mean, honestly, I didn't, I didn't imagine to be, uh, an integral part in that drive like I was until after it happened. Uh, but I do remember a conversation that I had with Dorsey leading up to that game. Um, before Florida State game, you think about it, I hadn't done nothing like that year but the first game of the year against um, uh, McNeese State or something like that. And I got hurt that, right. that particular game, had a high ankle sprain. And I remember that I played the rest of the games because Coach Davis wouldn't allow me to sit out. And he told me, you know, if you can walk, you can play. So I was basically out there gutting it out for my team. And I remember going through those games and not getting those opportunities, not getting the the same amount of looks. And I was hurt at the same time, but I just felt like being out there, I should at least get the looks. So coming up to Florida State game, you know, I saw Dorsey in the locker room and I looked at him. I said, Dorsey, I'm going to holler at you. And I tried to go about it as best I knew. I said, bro, like, I'm out there. And Dorsey looking at me like, what's going on? I said, bro, I've been out there every week and you ain't throwing me the ball the same. And he was just like, oh, man, I, Tanner, I'm sorry. They said you was hurt. So I was kind of like, I say, screw that. I'm there. And I'm limping or not. Throw me the ball. If I'm open, throw me the ball. So, you know, I forgot all about that. But Florida State Week was when I just started feeling my ankle again. Just started feeling like myself. And, you know, 
knowing that I was feeling like myself, it already gave me enough confidence to know that I was going to dominate. But that last drive, man, when he came to me the first, you know, catch and I ran out of bound, I remember Michael Irvin telling me, nah, stay here. Come on, I got you. Get a breather because we're going to need you again coming up big. And the next play, Reggie Quash catch the ball. Michael Irvin pushed me back out there. <laughs> I run an in route on a, a fellow, you know, high school uh, teammate of mine, um, Boosie Samuels. And then I remember just like, damn, you like Michael Irvin called him plays or something? Cause this thing is like, <laughs> me and, and then the, if believe it or not, the play before Shockey scored, that was my play too. I was wide open to play before that. I don't know if we jumped off sides or someone moved, but I was doing a shallow cross. And Shockey had the basic on top of me. It was high-low. Dorsey had to pick his poison, come to me, which I was wide open the first play. And I remember the play getting called dead, and we, we ran the same play. And I guess Dorsey just being a smart quarterback that he was, he was like, well, if I know Tanner was open that wide open last time, Shockey has to be the guy next. And believe it or not, I don't think Shockey was that wide open, but Dorsey fed it in there, man, and, and, and Shockey made the play. And I remember just looking like, man, we came back and won this thing. Let me ask you this, Santana, real quick. We're gonna we're up against a break. Do you mind coming back on for uh, another segment with us? Would would that be okay for you? We're gonna take a quick break. Let's do it. Good, J Man, take us to break real quick, and uh, we'll come right back up with number six, Santana Moss. All right, it's FSU week. We got uh, All American Santana Moss, former Miami wideout. Uh, you're listening to the Kane Gang Radio Show, um, Channel One Forty Five, Sirius XM Slam Radio. See you in a moment. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungvaluwa. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Serious XM. Yeah. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Why should you volunteer with Meals on Wheels? I'll come to the door with one meal and I'll walk away with a full heart. Drop off a warm meal and get more than you expect. Volunteer at AmericaLet'sDoLunch.org. Brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Well, you, have to, you forgot that. Oh, the two of us, we're building castles in the sky, just the two of us. Go. You and I. There you go. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from silent. Get back on your treatment plan or talk with your doctor to create a plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. Everything's changed. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody. This is the Kang Gang Show. We're back live with the All-American. I would say number 48 because that's what he started at. But he's number six, Santana Moss. Santana, thanks for coming back on the show with us. All love, man. Yeah. So and, people and, don't realize that you started wearing number 48. Yeah, it was thing. I forgot about it. You just brought it back in my memory. No, I never forget that number, man. That's where it all started. You know, uh, I remember being with the linebackers, putting on my uniform every day because I had a 48. So I was over there with the lockers with the linebackers. And it's just <laughs> one of those things I never forget, man. That's how I started. And I remember folks telling me to this day, like, man, when we watched 48 on film, my coach used to say, don't get beat by him. He's a nobody. And one of the guys, I played with a guy, Pearson Prelude. He plays for uh, Virginia Tech. He said, coming into the game, they told him, if 48 beat you guys, you guys don't, y'all don't deserve a scholarship. And Pearson said, I beat him on third down. I went, I went 30-some yards for a first down against VTech. And he said the next year, when they realized I was, I was number six, he told his coach, that's the baddest MF that I ever played against. And he wore 48. <laughs> that's why you should, I should have a scholarship because that guy is not – he shouldn't have been wearing 48. So it's, it's great stories I have winning that number, man. Who wore number six your first year? Why didn't you have number six? Oh, for, when you think about it, I can't remember the person who wore it. Uh, but remember, I was a walk-on. I was I came yeah, track. Track, track guy, and it's crazy because I wore eighty-three in high school. You can see my eighty-three yep. number, you know, jersey back there at Carroll City, and I wore it also as a Jet. But I was trying to get it because I believe um, Stu, a guy named Stu, I, 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 Stu was Stu used to tell us, "Look, I'm gonna be you guys' financial advisor." He was that kind of a guy. He was a he was a brainiac. He was a walk-on also. He wore 83, and he wanted to change numbers when he said, look, you can wear this number. This is your high school number. You can have it. And I thought, I, I don't know, they thought that I wasn't going to pan out to be who I were, but I asked the, the equipment manager, like, hey, me and this guy want to change numbers. Can we do so? He told me no. <laughs> and I was like, Who's that, Bobby? <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't Bobby because me and him had a pretty good relationship. It was somebody told me no, but it was cool. <laughs> you know, I just, I, I, I sucked it up for that year. And truth be told, man, folks, after that year, folks were telling me I would be crazy to even change it because I, I did some big things as a freshman. Yeah. So a couple games that really stood out for me throughout your career, and, and again, like you did it all, not just receiving, it was uh, it was returning, it was on reverses. Like, you know, you were like the total package. You were Devin Hester before Devin Hester. Like, yeah. you know, like, you know, and that's what people don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that too. They look at Devin like, oh, Devin did, and I look back at like, I think Santana started that, man. Then Roscoe came after him. You know, like, it's it's different, right? But, like, some of the games, I remember the UCLA game. I remember the Ohio State game. You know, just moving forward, what were some of your, like, let's talk about that 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 UCLA game first. You know, again, being rescheduled because of the hurricane, we were still on a downward spiral. And I truly feel like that game there, and, again, like, you can give the offense so much credit. But, like, like Edge was a different animal that day. You know, Covington threw the ball where he had to put it. Like, you did your thing. Reggie did his thing. The old line did phenomenal. Do you think that UCLA game in 98, after that win, kind of flipped the script for the University of Miami and kind of got them moving on that upward trend? Yeah, you know, yeah, UCLA, that UCLA game was very pivotal, you know, for um, what we became after that year. Uh, that was the last game, around, around the last couple of games uh, of the season, and we was able to make a statement against considerably the number one team in college football. They was on their way to a championship, having a championship season. 
and our game got postponed because of a, a hurricane, and we got a chance after just getting killed by Syracuse. Syracuse. <laughs> that Syracuse game really put a bad taste in our mouth. So UCLA really got us at the wrong time of the year. We really felt like we was bamboozled in that Syracuse game. I won't explain why. The coaching staff might know more what I'm talking about than anything. And we came home like, screw that crap that we went into that game with. We didn't play like ourselves. We didn't believe in what 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 got us to that point and we went up there and lost so UCLA was just the next guy on the list and we had to make sure that they felt our pain and um I remember like for myself personally it was a great performance especially one of those performances that was needed and it actually catapulted me into the to that bowl game that year and then catapulted me into my junior year right Right. And, and it's good because like moving forward, you know, you did great things. All of a sudden, you know, you graduate 2000, you're drafted, you know, what, how did that feel? You know, being drafted into the NFL, you know, again, coming in as a track athlete, not really knowing what you were going to do in football, being drafted in the NFL. How'd that make you feel? It felt great. I mean, honestly, <laughs> uh, what more can I say? Uh, I was a little stale that day because if, if you had to ask me leading up to the draft, what, where, where is one place I, I didn't want to go? It was New York. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. It yeah. wasn't against the teams. It was just the city as a whole. Like I never imagined myself being in New York. I one, for one, I hated the cold. So I didn't imagine being up there where I was always told that New York is one of the coldest places, you know, on the map. <laughs> but uh, honestly, uh, so knowing I was getting drafted, I was, I was, I was uh, grateful. I was uh, definitely appreciative of all the hard work and dedication I put into my journey uh, to overcome so many things that I came to now finally being a draft pick at that, a first round draft pick, knowing that 100%. I got to as a walk-on, uh, a track scholarship guy. So to know that I became who I always saw myself, you know, becoming, it was great. But uh, uh, just, the, just the whole process is, you know, as a whole, I was grateful of it and just knowing that, man, look, I'm, I'm able to now take care of my family, you know, able to right. really say that all this hard work and dedication I put into it is not going to allow me to be that guy for my family. So, um, you know, I was definitely grateful, but it, I was a little stale just because I knew that, damn, I didn't want to go to New York. Yeah. So, so what happened to New York? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Josh. You're going to say the same thing. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, since we're on the topic of the NFL, uh, you know, the University of Miami kind of, we, we have a, you know, we, we love to call ourselves NFLU. And you played with some of the greats from your era um, in Washington, uh, playing for the Washington Redskins. You played with Clinton Portis and Sean Taylor. Um, I would love if you would explain to us what that brotherhood is like at the next level. Um, you know, even if it's guys that you didn't necessarily necessarily play with at the University of Miami, but just the fact that you both went there. Um, to be honest with you, man, every time you face the guy or play the play with the guys from the U, we was like in a league of our own. You know, we stood out amongst everybody on those teams. Uh, the coaching staff treated us differently. The guys we played up played against treated us differently. Uh, it's just like we we had uh, something that came with us deeper than just being great ball players. You know, they knew it was a different brotherhood that we shared and that we walked around with with a different swag and confidence about ourselves. Um, I was fortunate enough to play in New York with Vilmer. And uh, yeah. uh, it was another one that I had. I forgot his name. He came the year before Vilmer. 
played with me at Miami also. And then, and then I also played with the Weaver, uh, one of the uh, Weaver twins too in New York. For so real? I, uh, we had to play, you know, play, play with, we had four guys on the Jets that was all Hurricanes. And then I get traded over in, in 2005 to uh, D.C. and get a chance to play with Rocky McIntosh, Clint Porters, Sean T. We just carried ourselves a lot differently than others. And we went out there and played the game. You can see that we set our, we set different standards, of, uh, you know, for us to go out there and compete at a different level also. So guys followed us. They knew that we was coming to play every Sunday. Wow, that's crazy, man. You know, looking back at those teams in the, like the early 2000s and like the guys that you just mentioned, you know, there's another guy that I'd like to mention real quick. His name's Frank Gore, still playing in the league. Father time. You know, a lot of people forget about him, man. You know, and then I talk about the offense. Like, if he doesn't blow his knees out, I don't even know if Wills McGahee's touching the field. You know what I mean? It's, it's different. But here it is. This guy's still out there running the rock. That just shows you the type of work ethic that you guys had, you know, putting the work in, in college and still to this day putting that work out in the NFL. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's a great testament to, you know, uh, especially watching Frank, just, just who he is individually as a person. Uh, the kind of work he put in and just knowing where we come from, man. Uh, you don't get many guys still going that long. You know, me, Reggie, and Andre, who would have known that we would all play together at University of Miami and all had 14, 14 years, you know, as a yeah. player. I mean, so it's just crazy, man, to see that we was able to have great careers both in, you know, college and in the pros. Let me, let me ask you this, because we're getting ready to come up against a break, and I, and I don't want to, you know, hold you up anymore, and, and we're, we're so appreciative of your time and, and the stories. Let me get your prediction for this week. What's what your take? Give me a prediction for, for, uh, for tomorrow night. You know, I haven't really um, dove into thinking much about this game. Uh, I, I know last week they surprised me. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, because I 100%. haven't really had any high expectations. <laughs> I didn't want to come into this season with high expectations and be let down. But that, that quarterback, King, is for real. He's the real deal. And I wish we could have him for another year, man. But you We know, might be able to because this year don't count. <laughs> oh, well, we hope so. <laughs> well, you never know. I hope so. But um, honestly, he's the real deal. And uh, offensively, you know, they have, a, they have a kid in Harris, you know, from my high school. He's yeah. doing things, you know, in the backfield. So just to see those guys having success this early in the season, it gives you high hopes. Uh, the receivers got to get their step their game up, though. Too many drop balls. Too many uh, drop balls. I haven't seen that many big flash plays from those guys. And, and I think Florida State week is going to be a week that they can really measure themselves and step their game up on. Um, I like number three. I like number six. Number six, I still, he's still, I think the jury's still out on him. I haven't seen enough. I know he's fast. Jordan doesn't like Pope. <laughs> but number three, number three is for sure a baller. I yeah. think he got to settle down and just, you know, go out there and do what he does. He, can't, he have great hands. He, he runs great routes. So I want to see him have a big game against Florida State. Um, and, and defensively, you know, number 44 is a good uh, childhood friend of mine's son. Bradley Jennings, uh, yes, sir. Yeah, 44 Bulldog. You know, you know, me and his dad grew up together in Miami, played high school together. His dad went to Florida State, so we played against yep. each other. But uh, just to see his son, you know, playing for the Kings, man, I got my eyes glued to him. And um, that safety we got, man, I'm not sure if he's a safety or a corner. Number 21. Bubba Bolden? Bubba Bolden. Yes, you knew I was talking about him. Hey, man, he's a baller. He's Who, a baller. Would you compare him? Would you compare him to anybody? I mean, again, I, I don't put anybody in twenty six league. It's just it's yeah. a different ball game. Well, guess um, what? He shows up like the guy. He shows he up. He does. Honestly, it's crazy you said that because I was just gonna say I don't want to compare him to 
I'm pretty sure who everybody's trying to compare him to. But if he keeps on the path that he's going right now, he's showing up. And I hated last week when I saw him covering the, uh, you know, wide outs man to man. I think our, our secondary or, or our coordinator, you know, kind of, you know, fell to sleep on that. Having, I mean, the kid has great potential. He can really play, flat out play. Yeah. But I saw a couple of times where the team took advantage of that mismatch and had him on some receivers that he shouldn't have been on. But when right. it comes as a whole total package, the guy can run, he can hit, and he has a good eye for the ball. So, um, you know, you never know, man. He might be the next Nason making, you know, of an S-Dot. So, uh, yeah. but I'm looking I forward to the guy continue oh. to make big plays. Well, thanks, man. You. We appreciate you coming on. We're up against the break. Uh, you guys are listening to uh, Slam Radio, uh, Sirius XM 145, King Gang Radio. Uh, big thanks to Santana Moss, All-American, All-Pro. Thanks so much, man. We'll see you guys Appreciate later. Appreciate it, Sips. Baby. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. <laughs> so take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's gonna be stuck in your head all day. Here's that song again. It will make you cray cray. You love your kids enough to watch that TV show a bajillion times. Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat for their age and size. Show them you love them. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. We'll be back with Kane Gang. On Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that, I call him Tunga Vailoa, whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo? Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. That sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. To protect her home and family in a disaster, Karen was willing to wade through water, mud, and insurance paperwork. Yeah, I can do this. You go, Karen. By simply understanding and updating what her insurance covers and doesn't cover now, she'll be better prepared no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with Kane Gang on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. And we're back here on the King Gang Show. Jay, man, I am so pumped for what we just had these last two segments with just a, a phenomenal individual. Um, I, I thought Santana Moss was phenomenal. Just 
um, his storytelling and just his uh, point of view on different things. And, you know, what got me thinking a little bit too was how he was talking about the current players and um, what he sees in that. And, and, you know, and again, I think that's important too because here it is, you got someone who played a position who is still looking at some of the players now on on the team, you know, and he was really addressing like Mike Harley and, and, and Mark Pope, um, you know, talking about how they're gamers and they're ballers and, you know, but then again, on the flip side, you know, just the comments that he was making and um, about Bubba Bolden, you know, and kind of, again, I, I hate to put anybody into that category of, of Sean Taylor, hate that. Um, but even he's, he sees, he sees the talent there and he sees that potential. Yeah, with Bubba Bolden, and uh, that was kind of neat to hear his perspective on that. It was, it was, it was really cool, man. And and you know, I I told you this, uh, you know, over over the break, um, but you know, Santana was one of those dudes that like I I pretended I was Santana, you know, playing football in the schoolyard like that. It was so cool just to, you know, just to have him on with us for for a little bit, and. Uh, I agree. It it was neat to hear his perspective on this Canes team and it and it made me excited for the future. Unfortunately, you know, we're only gonna have De'Eric King and uh probably only one more year of Bubba Bolden as well. You know, it's it's gonna be one or two years max for both those dudes, but um I just can't help but feel like the program's on its way up, man. We're on the up and up. Well, and that's where I feel like I brought this up to him was after that 98 season, again, that last game against UCLA, you know, really keeping them from the national championship game, you know, by beating them, I really think that that just literally swung the pendulum in, you know, in their favor going into 99. You know, again, they got that kickoff classic against Ohio State, um, and it just kept, you know, going and going and going and going, you know. And like he said, man, you know, that 2000 class, you know, they should have played for the national championship against Oklahoma, and, you know, it would have been in at – you know, back then, Joe Robbie, Hard Rock, whatever you wanted to yep. call it. But, you know, look, you could have played in 2000, 2001, and 2002. Yeah. So, um, and really, again. It, I mean, if things if things worked out, honestly, <laughs> you know, like the Canes were the best team in the country three years in a row. And I think correct. they proved that. Correct. You know, but, but you know, again, you, you, it's a shoulda, coulda, wouldas. You yeah. shoulda beat Washington. You tripped up. And again, you put it into some quote-unquote computer's hands uh, who kept you out of that. So you have no one to blame but yourself for kind of losing that game out there. Um, but listen, moving forward, man, it's it's rivalry week. Games oh, – I can't wait. Games tomorrow. Let's just get this game, like, going. Let's just get it rocking and rolling. Lace them up. Kick the ball. And let's just start knocking heads, man. Um, there's also a lot of other things going on this weekend too. The SEC starts, um, you know, how great would it be to see Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin just shock and just beat Florida. Like I would oh, love I that. It. I don't care who <laughs> beats Florida. I just want, I want anyone to beat Florida. Oh, absolutely. 100%. You know, there's, you know, the, the, the bad part about the game going tomorrow is it just, again, so it's FSU, you know, you're excited about going to the game, tailgating, can't do that. Social distancing. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're so excited about the game because you want to play the game, but then again, like all the pregame activities and yeah. festivities aren't going to be there. 
Yeah, man. I mean, it is what it is, right? There's nothing we can do about it. It's it's a bummer, but you know, it's the world we're living in right now, and hopefully. So how how bad is this? If, if and I say if because you never know. You know, it's it's a, it's a football game. A lot of things can happen. But if Miami beats FSU, FSU goes zero and two. Yeah. They go back and play Jacksonville State next. What if they lose at Jacksonville State? <laughs> how great would that be? <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to play like, you know, like, like the fiddler on the roof here and being like, what happens if they actually lose to Miami and then turn around and lose to Jacksonville State next week? I don't know, man. I don't know. You have to. And, and Norvell, and Norvell has COVID, so Norvell can't coach, right? Yeah. Like, is he going to be coaching like via Zoom? Like, I wonder how this is going to work. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, I was talking to Lance Leggett a few days ago on a fours up podcast. And he was, he was just saying, he's like, how, um, you know, he, he's, he just said like, how is it the team supposed to compete when their coach isn't there? You know, he, he said that, well, I, I mean, he compared it to a dog fight, which obviously we don't condone that, but, but uh, you know, he, he just said like, if, if the, the dog's owner isn't there, like the dog's not going to fight, you know? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe they'll have more of a fight with their coach, not there. Who knows? <laughs> It might be. It's, it seems pretty know. toxic up there, man. It really does. You know, I, I look at what's happening in Tallahassee, and, you know, even Santana, you know, brought that up too, is, you know, when Miami was on the down the downward turn, you know, in, in the mid-'90s and in late, late, late 90s, you know, Florida State was that pendulum. Like, that was that measuring stick. Like, yeah. if you can compete with Florida State, man, you were doing really well. And I think that's where – we are now with Clemson, you know, kind of two weeks out. Like, yeah. where can we stack up against Clemson? Okay, you know, you get you get through FSU, you're 3-0, and you got a bye week, here it is, now it's Clemson week. You know, you're on the road. Yeah. You don't have to really be too worried about the fan base over there because, again, they're limited to 19,000 fans, give or take. So, you know, you can't say that that got this whole crowd and you have to worry about that because you really don't. You know, so if there was a time to play Clemson, I think is if you put it on FSU and you have that momentum, like, and again, then you have a bye week to prepare for them. I would say that that's, you know, that's what you would want going into that game. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm trying not to put that idea out into the universe. Um, I am. <laughs> because, I, I, mean, I mean, why not? Well, I mean, at this point, why not? I mean, well, I mean what's Manning's record of coming off of bye weeks, though? He's 0-4. So like, but, again, the expectation is you're going to lose that game anyway. Yeah. Like, you're already expected to lose that game. So why not put a different spin on it and be like, you know what? Okay, so if I have another week to prepare for Clemson, we're 3-0. and Again, no one's expecting us to win. Why not? I mean, you're the underdog. You know, I would come out, you know, just, just guns blazing, you know, just whatever you have to do, just open it up. You know, shock the world. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, wish mean, I, I, I hope so. I just don't want to get my hopes up for it because uh, – but, but here's the thing, Jay, man. Like, you really shouldn't have any hopes up because you're expecting to lose anyway. Yeah. So, in, in all reality, it's, it's best-case scenario. You're expected to lose. For sure. But if you win, okay, now it's, it's a different yeah. ballgame. Yeah. But the thing is I would rather lose – so hear me out on this. I would rather lose now kind of see where they are, see where you can improve on potentially playing them in the ACC championship game, right? So, again, 
I would rather lose now but beat them in the ACC championship game instead okay. of winning now and then getting beat in the ACC championship game. Does that make sense? We Yes, but we need to be careful, though, because Notre Dame doesn't look too bad either. And They played Syracuse, and they played – who else did they play? They didn't, they, they, they didn't play anybody. Uh, South – was it South Florida? South yeah, Florida. They, they beat them 52 yeah. nothing. Oh, yeah, South Florida, yeah. And then the first game they played Duke, I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, it's not like they played any strong competition. Yeah. I know, 52 nothing though. On like, South Florida. I know, but that's not easy. It doesn't but matter who South it is. Florida. But it doesn't matter who it is, though. It's not easy. Well, didn't didn't someone just like put fifty five up? Was it Pitt on Austin Pay? Yeah. Yeah, was that a shutout? Yeah, like fifty five nothing. Yeah. But again, so it's Austin Pay. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I don't really care. I, I'm ready just to like just have my my hopes, my hopes <laughs> and my dreams be fulfilled. <laughs> well, Honestly, like why not? Why not? Why yeah. not shoot for it? Okay. Um, so let's listen to this though. A couple of things that I just want to quickly touch on. What about the Miami Heat being three and one, bro? Like I'm we're, not we're, looking at it out. we're closing it out. We're Dude, closing I'm, it out. I'm not right, surprised. I did not like Boston. I you know, I've been saying it for a while. I don't really like Boston. I know they got a ton of talent. I just I've never liked it. Never liked it. I just it. again I, I go back to like even watching last night's game with the Lakers. Like the referees just get too involved. Yeah. You know, they had a bad call the other night on a, um, on Jimmy Butler. You know, they had a – I'm not sure who was going up for a layup towards the end of the game. Jimmy knocked it out of the guy's hands. They called a foul on Jimmy. They reviewed it, and then they said, oh, let's do a jump ball. A jump ball? It's literally off the guy from Boston. Why aren't yeah. you giving it to the Heat? Yeah. Like these referees are garbage, you know, and I hate to say it, but they're garbage. They're out of position. Yeah. They don't know what they're calling. They call a lot of fouls when they're behind the guys. So yeah. they don't even see the, the true the true foul. So, yeah. but there's a lot going on, man. You know, yeah. you got the NBA finals getting ready to come up. Lakers are up three one. You know, it was a great game last night. But again, yeah. I still think the referees got involved. Yeah. I think the Heat closed it out tonight. I honestly do. Yeah. Um, and then you know what? There's a lot of football coming on this Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, yeah man. You know, like I said, the SEC starts. Let me ask you a couple questions, Jay. Man, I know okay. you're a big NFL guy, right? Yes, sir. I know you were pretty happy last week that Buffalo stomped on my Dolphins. Yeah, uh, I love Buffalo. But whatever, it happens. I was I was actually kind of happy too because I had Stefan Diggs in my uh, fantasy yeah. team, so it did pretty well for me. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you some rapid fire games. Okay. And, and I want you to give me give me your predictions. Okay. All right. Let's okay. start with. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, how about the Dolphins last night? They pulled it out, 31-13. Yeah, they Spanky. look good. They look good. Well, is that a Jacksonville look that bad? Um, I mean, Jacksonville looked good the first two weeks. So I'm, I'm just going to say the Dolphins started to pop because, you know, some people had reasonable expectations for them. Okay, so, so last week, let me ask you this. Instead of going for fourth, fourth, fourth down, fourth and one for the Dolphins against the Bills, mm-hmm. what if they just kicked the field goal? Now it's literally you're, you're playing for overtime, you know, instead of trying to, yeah. I don't you know, know, whatever. That's in the past. Yeah. You know, the Bills problem, though, is, is because Josh Allen has been starting so white hot each of these games, they just let off the gas. They yeah. build a lead, they let up the gas, they call a, a conservative game plan, and then they let these bad teams back in. Because, I mean, honestly, like, if they kept their foot on the gas against the Jets in week one, they would have beat them 42 to, like, seven or whatever, you know. But they just 
they get conservative, man. So I don't know. Sorry, go ahead with the rapid fire. All right. 49ers and the Giants. Uh oh man, 49ers are banged up, but I so I think they're going Nick Mullins at quarterback. And uh I'm still gonna you know, I'm going Giants. Because wow. of injuries. Because of injuries. Okay. Yeah. I mean I'm, I'm okay. gonna pick Danny Dimes to uh to show us what he got. All right. Um this should be a decent matchup. Washington and Cleveland. Okay. I'm I'm going uh Washington football team. I'm going Washington only because we had Santana Moss on. Yeah, that, that one's for Santana. I'm going Washington That's as right. well. All right. Um, let's go with another Ohio team. Let's go Cincinnati and Philly. Oh, man, dude, that that Philly offensive line is bad. It's really bad. I feel bad for Carson Wentz. Very either. Yeah. Ooh, you know, I got some close friends that are going to kill me for this one, but I'm going with Joey Burrow. You know, and I'm glad you said that because I think that he's played really well his first two weeks. Yeah. You know, again, you know, that A.J. Green potentially, like, push off in the end zone uh-huh. on that first game I thought was kind of a – kind of a like a 50-50 call, right? Could have won the game, and then the kicker shanked it because he pulled his leg – pulled his calf or whatever. Yeah. But it's amazing he, he played up. the following week. Yeah, but he, but, he, but he kicked the following week. So, yeah, that's yeah. whatever. Um, uh, here's a good matchup. Las Vegas against New England. Oh man, you know I'm not a believer in New England, honestly. I I'm gonna go Las Vegas. I got Cam on my fantasy team. Okay. So even are you last going... week, actually I'm gonna I'm gonna go New England. As much as I hate to say it, I think I'm gonna go New England. Yeah. I mean yeah. I know the Raiders looked really well against the Saints last week, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, and they beat they beat the Panthers in Carolina week one. So I yeah, you know I could be wrong here. I I'm a Patriot hater. I've not, you know, I've never been super high on Cam, and uh, so I could be wrong on this one, but I'm just going to go with Las Vegas anyways. Uh, the only reason I'm going with the Patriots here is I, I think they're going to win for uh, for James White and his dad. Okay, you know, I'm kind of going out yeah, on like an emotional emotional I, limb here. I like that. Um, <laughs> this is going to be, I think this is going to be a good game, but I think it'll be a bad game. Chicago and Atlanta. Oh man. What an ugly game, jeez. Yeah, but what about Atlanta, man? Like, how are you blowing two leads? Like, you know, I just don't. <laughs> this, this is Atlanta's game, though, because Chicago's offense is so ugly, and uh, Atlanta's problem is their defense is ugly. So yeah. I actually think Atlanta's going to win big. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, not a lot of good matchups. Let's see. Panthers and the Chargers. Um. It depends. They're not. It depends on if they play. Uh, what's what's their new quarterback out of Justin, Justin Herbert? Justin like he looked good. He looked really like, good. He's a big like dude. Yeah. I want him in my. If they go Justin Herbert, I'm going to pick the Chargers. But uh, okay. if they go Tyrod Taylor, then I'm taking uh, Teddy Two Gloves, my guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, Cowboys and the Seahawks. Um, Seahawks, easy. Okay. Yeah. Dude, you know who's been impressive in this next game? Not the Lions, but the Lions and the Cardinals. Like, Arizona's yeah. playing some good ball. I really like the Cardinals, man. And you get D-hop over there. It literally changes the dynamic of yeah. the uh, and, offense. You know, Kyler Murray is looking a lot more settled in. I think, yeah. uh, you know, Kingsbury looks a lot more settled in. Yeah. Like, is that's it, right? Cliff Kingsbury, that's the dude? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they just, they just look a lot better. So, yeah. 
Um, let's finish off a couple more games. Sunday night game is going to be good. Packers and the Saints. Um, Packers. Saints look not great to me, dude, honestly. But they look good in week one against Tampa Bay, though. I thought that they came out and they played really well, but last week they just looked I'm not like sure Tampa Bay is good, though. I'm not yeah. sure. Well, speaking of Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay against Denver. Uh, oh, Jeff Driscoll? Yeah, give me Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, Chiefs and Ravens on next Monday night is going to be a good game. Great game. Oh, um, I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going to go Ravens on that. Okay. I just That's, didn't like the way the Chiefs played against San Diego. I get that. Um, what a great so, game, though. We'll see. Yo, I think that's going to be a great matchup. Yeah. So I saved this game for last, yeah. the L.A. Rams against your Buffalo Bills. Oh, dude, I'm so scared. Because the Bills looked amazing against two eh, teams, like bad to decent teams. And uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. It, Josh Allen has – I mean, I'm, I'm conducting the Josh Allen for MVP train. So, I'm I'm not super confident. Very nervous. I'm going Buffalo just because I have to. All right. Well, I think that wraps that up. And uh, I'm actually going to go against you and then take the Rams on that game. Yeah. I, I don't blame you, man. It, it'll be a real test for Buffalo. We'll see if they're for real or if they're just okay. Correct. Well, shoot, man. Like this, uh, this morning, this morning show went pretty well. But I'm still stoked, man. Like I can't believe that we actually had six on 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 the show man yeah. and uh brought a lot of knowledge a lot of insight and yeah. uh it was a good show today man and uh yeah. for all you guys listening out there on sirius xm slam radio channel 145 uh listening to the king and go uh king Gang show we appreciate you guys we uh hope you guys enjoy your soon to be weekend because uh it's friday it's almost on the weekend so j man it's fsu it's miami what's your prediction uh miami 48 fsu nine Oh my goodness, that's like a weird, weird time. But yeah. I'm gonna say Miami's gonna go uh, 53-14. I think they drop a 50, 50 yeah, I don't, on. I don't think FSC scores a touchdown, man. I'm going with nine, three field goals. All right, man. Well, 53-14 is my prediction. Yeah. Um, again, appreciate everybody listening here to the Kang Gang Show. Jay, man, sign us off, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. All right, Kang Gang Show. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. See you guys next week. The views and opinions expressed on Kane Gang are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.